This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. I say it differently every time. Keeps things interesting. Keeps coming back. You're going, Todd, what did you say differently? I said Todd instead of just Todd. Anyone else would delete and start over, but not me. I'm keeping this. My guest, you can have a seat, my guest. Oh, well, thank you very much. Is uh, Leah McEnany, New York. Were you one of those New York uh, linchpins? I know that. You know what I'm talking about? The time yes. in New York did like the, like, did they call them linchpins? Yeah, the linchpins of the New York comedy scene. Yeah, where you want to move your deodorant. <laughs> right in front of Liam is my deodorant. That's, I really, the prescriptions you, I got, oh my God, this is a nightmare. Are you moving in or out? I know, I am actually moving out, but that's a whole other story. Are you really? Yeah. Why are you moving out? The building got sold. Are you sitting me? Yeah, that's why it's all, all that construction's going on. Who that's why I had to delay this uh, episode till after construction time. What's that? <laughs> Who did they sell this ugly They sold building this to? building. It's, I actually looked it up on a blog. They sold it for like over $50 million. And we are, I mean, not just my... It's, it's a bunch of apartments. Yeah, I sold the screenplay for about half For of that. $45 million, yeah, right? for $45 million. So were you one of the New York linchpins? Yes, I was one of the uh, okay, people who have not been able to move on to a good job in L.A. Is that what they said? Is that, see, I, didn't, I, only, I just thought it was people who were like institutions here but not like you know yeah but i mean that's that's kind of how i felt you think it felt it was backhanded i didn't feel like the intention was backhanded in fact the opposite i was like very kind of honored but at the same time it's, it, was, it just definitely came at a time when i was kind of taking stock of my career and uh-huh. it's like oh well, yeah well there you go i'm still in new york <laughs> well you can move to la that's kind of what i'm hoping to do yeah i'm looking for a work out there right now like a writing job writing job yeah yeah you had a writing job i remember way back i did um Greg Giraldo had a show. Stand Up Nation with Greg Giraldo. Yeah. And they let me play drums. And I don't remember anything about that. Except it was, I feel like the whole thing was a little awkward, the interview. Maybe the audience was weird. Well, the thing I remember was you and a lot of comics were pissed off because the sec because it was like essentially it was an interstitial program. Yeah. So they would play it during their stand up block on Friday nights. And so they would premiere all of these new half hour specials, one-hour specials. Yeah. But the way they listed in the TV guide was just three hours of stand-up nation with greg giraldo oh they would never put our names they would never put your names they would never put start time so no one could like dvr your shows oh man because i don't was... even re- i don't remember getting mad about that but it's not, <laughs> i'm mad now and uh it's too i don't late. think you were mad it was just right. one of those like you and a bunch of other comics so it was but... almost like he was vjing right yeah he was the... and that was his yeah except it was a talk show so it was like a you know 45 minute talk show over they wanted to do it all they wanted mtv they wanted uh comedy central they wanted the Tonight Show, all in one. So you wrote for that. Was that your uh, first writing job? Yeah, it was my first, like, real, uh, my fat, my last, actually, regular writing job, like sitting down in an office every day and writing. I kind of loved it. Do you like the sort of uh, 
regimentation of it, if that's the right word? I just liked getting paid a whole bunch of money to sit down and write jokes. Like, just okay. It's so it's so that fun. makes sense, you know. But there's beyond that. It's like when Greg would do the monologue. Uh huh. Like the, even the first the first season, I wasn't a regular writer. Excuse me. I was just like brought in once a day, once a week to kind of do monologue jokes. Right. And even then, just to sit in the studio and watch Greg kill with a joke I wrote was really like it was great. Like, yeah, that's exciting. It's an, it is a more exciting feeling than you would than you would think. Like. You know, someone who writes and, and kills with your own material, like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't think it would be that exciting to hear. And also, you're else. lucky because he knew how to deliver a joke. So. Oh well, <laughs> you know, he was <laughs> actually he was a real comedian. He was like he was a real comedian. Yeah. So, um, didn't you have another job? I feel like you had some sort of thing that I did, like a not a blog. What was the before the Geraldo show? Didn't you have something? Did some it? office you worked at? I worked at the Humor Network. I did. Maybe that, that was it. Did you? Did they ever have you come in for something? I don't know. I feel like there was something that I should have. I know done. I did a show that they sponsored, but they ended up not putting any money into it. Yeah, and then they took all the money from the door, and I never found. I was like so green and just so happy to be employed that I didn't argue with anything like right. that. Uh, I'm pretty sure my bosses just took the cash from the door and walked away. That's cool. <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, there's still people who do that. Yeah, you heard me. There are. Oh, there are. Do you, um, so is that, if you could have it your way, would you be a full-time stand-up or someone who writes in L.A. and then does some sets at night? I feel like guys, like, like right now, like Michael Che has a really good deal. He's on fire, that guy. He's on fire. And, you know, he writes for SNL. And then when he's when he's not on their writing schedule, he just goes out of town for the weekend. And when he is in town writing for SNL, he'll like go out on a Monday and a Sunday and just do a bunch of sets. I think you, it definitely, from what I've I've only had a few writing jobs, but I, it does make you not want to necessarily run to a comedy club if you've right. worked eleven hours. If you've worked in quotes worked eleven <laughs> hours, you've sat in front of a typewriter. So what's the plan? You're going to go to LA? Do you have like an actual plan? Um, I mean, unfortunately, my plan kind of hinges on having money. Oh. My, my credit rating right now is a little bad. Is it really? Do you yeah. call it credit karma? I have I have really bad credit karma. Really? Yeah, actually, I do. I won't tell you what my credit score was last time I checked. Okay, I don't... Yeah, mine was two. I don't mind telling you. Two out of 900. Literally two? The Literally. Two? Well, what happened the was... single digit two? You know, those, you know those credit card swipes that you get for your phone? You know, like, uh, it's a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The register, the, uh, Square. Yeah, so the first company wasn't Square. It was, like, something that, something, some similar company. Uh-huh. And if you don't know at home, like, essentially, there's there's an app you have for your phone. Like, that, every coffee shop has this now. Yeah, exactly. They swipe your credit card on their phone or their iPad or something. And so I, I was just like, well, you know, I'm doing, I do shows, and sometimes people want to buy albums, but the, or, or whatever, and they, they don't have, like, cash. Uh-huh. So the first company I applied to rejected me because they did a credit credit check. You didn't have good enough credit to take other people's money? I didn't have good enough credit to deposit money into my own bank account. Wow. That was so... I didn't know they checked your credit because I feel like I signed up for that Square thing and they didn't. 
Well, then I signed up for Square, and they just accepted me. Like, yeah. I guess they'll take anybody. They'll take any old slob with I got, it. I was all excited when I got that, and I think I've used it twice. I, like, sometimes forget to bring it when I'm selling merch, and then there's always the guy, Hey, man, can you take credit cards? <laughs> Which is legit. They always say it like that. Hey, man, can you take credit cards? The cash man. That is a really good impression so, of how I hear are you annoying s- people. Are you serious about the two, or is that you just being... I'm actually serious. Like, like it the was number two? Number two. How did you... That's like... I thought it was like the SATs. That's like where somebody's you get... never paid a bill ever. <laughs> I think mean, that's like people in jail have better credit than that. What yeah. are you going to do to get out of it? Uh, do you I... just owe a lot of money, or did you not pay on time? Or I've I, I've uh, I've led a well. I owe. I've never paid my my student loans, and I'm pretty sure that's a massive hit. <laughs> You've never paid like a dime of them. Actually, the worst is once I paid a hundred bucks down because they scared me when I was like twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy called me and he scared me into paying 100 bucks. And somehow, I don't know, but someone explained to me once that's actually worse. Because, like, if you don't pay at all, then you're on one thing. But once you pay once, you're essentially acknowledging that you owe a debt and right. that you intend to pay it down. Um, so that's actually a worse hit for your credit score. So how do you, how do you improve your credit score? Are you going to go to, is there, like, there are people who do that, right? Yeah. Credit I mean, counselors. I have to get an actual report. Like, I have to get a printout and see who... The other thing is, like, there was a time I was getting a lot of panic attacks, uh-huh. but I wasn't insured. So I was just going from emergency room to emergency oh, really? room around the city every time I had a panic attack. Because when you have a panic attack, it feels like you're having a heart attack and you're dying. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it's like, if you can take... If you're having a heart attack, but you can still take a 40-minute train ride to to Mount Sinai Hospital... Why did you... you was that the closest get, hospital? No, it was just like... It's the well, one you liked. Well, no, it was just like all the hospitals near me, uh, I'd already been to, I already owed them like money for oh, I see. going to their They're emergency like, rooms. They're like, no, 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 not the panic attack guy. <laughs> the guy who thinks he's having a heart attack, but it's a panic attack. Exactly. This is exactly right. So I, like, I ended up going to like Beth Israel, and that was the point where I was just like, all right, I really need to take a step back and stop going to the ER. <laughs> like, Yeah, the ER is depressing. I'm like owing three grand for, yeah, I've been you know. Yeah, a few times. It's a, it's a bummer. So... I won't ask more about the panic attacks. You can go ahead. Really? The, the last one. What was, triggers them then? That's a that's a very good question, and I'm not sure. But uh, the last one ended. I was in Beth Israel. I was on a stretcher, and I got a phone call from a woman I just stopped dating, saying that she found out she wasn't pregnant, and then my entire body relaxed. Yeah. Then you're like, ah, that, that, yeah, my heart attack's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to waste your time. You can rip up my forms. I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> open up a slot. <laughs> yeah, no. Wow. Yeah. So sorry to take up a slot being taken by a guy who's like bleeding to death from a gunshot. Wound. I know. You can t- <laughs> take the actual injured guy, not the guy nervous because he think he got. Because wow, when you so have, you- when you have chest pains and can't breathe, yeah. they have to admit you in, ahead of everybody else. So like when you're having a panic attack, you're a double asshole. Because like now you're taking up a, a space in the ER. But you're taking a space that, like, someone legitimately who has a problem who's but waiting that, three but hours. But that's legitimate, too. And then you just find out that, all right. I mean, isn't that, shouldn't they be happy that you're not, they shouldn't be, like, disappointed that you didn't have a heart attack. Oh. Come on, you wasted our time. You didn't have a heart attack. Nobody yells at you on the way out. There's so, not... how long ago was this? This was, I mean, the last, I mean, I get them occasionally. The last one, this this one, the one, the Beth Israel visit was probably seven, eight years ago. Wow. I get them still, but now I recognize what's happening. And you're not seeing this woman anymore? No, no, no. She's married. <laughs> and um, I'm not seeing her anymore. 
That'd be great. I, I mean, yeah, she's married now, but I am. <laughs> you know, once in a while. But now she has a baby. Who cares? He takes care of it. Maybe it's your baby, man. Oof, that would be the worst. Not if she was nice enough to not ever tell you. <laughs> well, that would be even worse. <laughs> no, of course you want to meet your little baby. I know, yeah, you like I know it's not 15 your baby. or 18 or 21. Well, he, she wasn't pregnant, so it was just like... Yeah, I know. I'm just, ta- I'm ex- I'm just exaggerating it. This just was just also... Pretending that you... It's also a woman who had her roommate call me once to tell me that she died in a car crash and he was calling everyone in her phone. <laughs> she... She had her roommate do that. Why would she do that? Is that her way of saying, in, I don't want to see you anymore? No, because she was an awful... She thought it was hilarious. She didn't get like... Oh, that was a practical joke? It was like a hilarious practical joke she was playing on me. That's... Oh, that's like my least favorite kind of... Uh... And she wanted to see if I would be upset. And I was like, you know, completely fucking horrified. I'd be upset if almost anyone told me <laughs> that about almost anyone. No, of course. It's just like a natural human reaction. What? I don't understand that. Like, It's bad enough she thought of it, but she actually got someone to go, yeah, all right, I'll make those calls. Yeah. And sounds her... fun. I'll t- <laughs> and she got mad at me for, for getting mad at her. And then I dated her for another month. So that'll tell you... I was in a very emotionally yeah, healthy place that's, at that time. That's uh, super deal-breaky. That's just like... That's, <laughs> you would think so. That's, uh... Yeah. Hey, man, she's dead. She's not dead. <laughs> Tricked you, man. She's not dead. <laughs> I told you something you think might be true, and it's not true. And it involved your girlfriend dying. Isn't that cool? Was your girlfriend... Was her roommate um, convincing? Yeah. Yeah, he was like a... I mean, the thing is... If someone calls you and tells you someone's dead, yeah. you're, you're never like, you yeah, bullshit. Yeah, no, of course. Well, that's why it, it's an extra mean right. practical joke. Because right. it's just, yeah. It's I like, don't think we need to explore this. It was a bad thing she did. But listen, guys, if, if you at home want to friend her on Facebook and tell her. <laughs> no, no. Whoa. Legal, legal. legal. Um, you told a story the other night. I did a show with one of your shows. One of my show, one of my many shows. At Housing Works Bookstore, which is a charitable bookstore. It's a, it's, it's a cool place. Is that what it... I guess a charity bookstore. It it's is. For, uh, Benefits homeless HIV. people with AIDS. Oh, it's homeless people with yeah. AIDS. Yeah. So it's a good thing. And, you, and they, have, uh, they do comedy there once in a while. And this was a quote-unquote new material night. New material Whose night. Whose idea was it to do that? Me. Really? Yeah, because I just have started writing again. <laughs> So you think you have to announce it, that it's new? Yeah, you know what it is? Like, even though it's free, dude, like, if people come to a new material or a workout room and they they don't know it's a workout room, even if it's free, they'll come up to you afterwards and complain. Right. They'll be like, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, like, this guy... stuff doesn't work out. It's like, well... Yeah, I see what you're saying. This guy read off of his notebook for for, for 15 minutes, and it's like, well... You read off your... uh, My tablet. Your tablet, that was... It's the modern day alt comic. Super douchey move. In my day, it was napkins or actually memorizing your act. <laughs> Tom Shalou was the first. He used to have that, like. Oh, he had a palm pilot. Tom yeah, he had Shalhoub. a palm pilot, and he what? would just stand there in, sorry, in the back of Luna Lounge and just kind of read off of his palm pilot. Wow. Yeah, I remember him trying to sell me on the palm pilot. That's like the most. Amp- that's worse than like a Blackberry now. <laughs> so you were told a story though the other night about a woman who uh, who you went out with was it J date? The, in the in the bit it's J date because I'm trying to like put fuse. No, nah, yeah. it's more like I'm trying to make fifteen different jokes into one 
like you know seven minute bit. Oh, okay. So, it, but, it's, but it was a true story. I right. mean, it was like it was the like, essence of it is true. I met her on Nerve. I mean, that's on how Nerve? long ago. It was. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. Is that like, the, it's that's the sexy dating site, right? It was. It was. I actually went out with Nerve's sex advice columnist once. Did you really? When I was young and thin and beautiful, Todd, I did all kinds of crazy. Wait, that shit. wasn't. Who was it? Uh, Aaron. Oh, okay. We went out on we went out on one date and it was fine, but just kind of went nowhere. Like right. every New York City date, you go on through web internet did you um so you went on this day tell this you want to tell the story sure i mean essentially uh i it was was one of those periods of my life when i was making a decent amount of money and i was just like you know i'm gonna actually like you know it's like one of those things where you're like well maybe maybe like the common denominator with all my terrible dating experiences is me Uh (laughs) and i should actually put more of an effort into it than like you know dressing up you know dressing nicely and taking her to a real restaurant right and, um, gosh, and so she, uh, so we were sitting there, and at one point, and, and this is... God's Where not, were you sitting? I'm trying to remember. It was, uh, it was definitely a downtown restaurant. It might not be open anymore. So this is after, just so I know it now, a bunch of back and forth emails and flirting yeah, was, and... Yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like... Yeah, hey, so uh, what do you what do you do? Oh, well, I'm currently... And she knew what you looked like, you know what she looked like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, you know, we saw each other's pictures. She, you know, she asked what I do, and then she asked if I make money at it. And I said, yes. <laughs> it's always the follow-up question yeah. when you tell a woman you're a comedian. You're right. You know, uh, and... God, I... Well, uh, sorry, I was about to tell another story. Uh, you can... T- we'll, we'll muscle that other story in after this one. Okay. Well, essentially, so so we were sitting there, and it was like one of those restaurants where, you know, like she gets the menu without the prices on it, you know. So like she can be like, oh, well, I'll get lobster because I don't know. Do they she- do that? Yeah, like the really like Holy the shit. ones where entrees are like fifty, sixty dollars. You know, because it was the kind of thing where I was making, I was, I was writing. I think it was when I was writing for Greg's show. It might have been at that point. I, th- I think the mistake, one mistake you made here uh-huh. was. Too nice a restaurant on the first date. Dude, I once took a... I, last year, I took a woman to see a Broadway show on a first date. It depends, you know. I'm, but it was... No, it didn't talk, work. That didn't work either. You're absolutely right. Because the thing about that, yeah, you don't know, like, like she just wants to see that show or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like... But, uh, but so, we were sitting there. God, I wish I could remember which restaurant this was. I've destroyed, like, a few of my brain cells. I want to know which restaurant this was. I'll, I have to go home and look it up. I've never seen that. So they do that for the woman? They give the woman a... a yeah, they give a woman with a menu without a price on it. So that, you know, you've never been... You've never seen this? How's she going to know what she owes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone's made that joke before. I'm sure. Um, but uh, I don't think I have seen that. But then, again, I'm always the man. Right, right, right. Well, that's exactly it. I'm almost always the man. <laughs> You're almost always the man. Um, you got to start dating rich women, Todd, and let them take you out. So was she rich as well? No. Okay. No, she was, like I said in the bit, she was, God, I think she was in financial systems analysis. Or uh-huh. something. Like, just like one of those right. ridiculous jobs that used to be in, in the United States. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like an auto worker. You know, like one of those jobs that we used to have in the United States, like factory loader. Yeah. Or, uh and she was Jewish, so... Well, no, she wasn't Jewish. This wasn't J-Date. Sorry, this was Nerve. God. So, what are you... No, no, the J-Date one was also bad. Did you just pass out? But tell me the rest <laughs> of this date. Uh, the J-Date one was four years ago. No, so she... 
So at one point she she was just like uh, she was just like, yeah, you know, I, I just don't think this is gonna work out. And I was like, what do you? Mean? <laughs> I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, I could tell just kind of like looking at your profile and like just you know like you're doing this comedy thing and it doesn't really like you know I don't really see, she was like I, I kind of have this like five year plan for my life and oh man it's just like you're I can I, I just know like the comedy thing is just not going to make the kind of money and she kind of had this whole fucking thing about how she wanted to vacation in uh what's it called the Hamptons the Hamptons? Uh, yeah, she wanted, okay. like, a vacation home to go in the Hamptons. An hour away to vacation. She didn't want to be supporting me and, you know, like, that whole thing. And then, and this is, this is, this is a true quote. I was like, well, you know, what are we doing here? And she was like, well, you've seen sex in the city. You know, you have to go on a bunch of bad dates before, before oh you find the right guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, and. That is horrifying. It is the worst. And then you, you left, right? And then I really left. Like, honest to God, I, well, I was wearing, I was yeah, wearing a jacket. Are you to drop $300 on this woman? after that well exactly i was like look i, I think i gotta go to the bathroom oh you just ditched her yeah so i got up and then i like kind of just was like well what's stop like i had this process where i was like that's well, great what's stopping me from just walking out and leaving her with the bill and because she can pay it yeah and i was just like there's absolutely nothing stopping me it was like the springtime so i wasn't even wearing a coat like i didn't even have anything i just fucking walked easy out. exit Easy exit. Just fucking ditched her. And then two days later, I got that email from her. What did the email say? It was just like, hey, the bill was this much. Uh, where did you go? So how far into the... Had you already gotten your food? Yeah, I mean, we were in also, the entree. You really stuck it to her. Yeah, I really stuck it to her. Oh, my God. She was like eating her fucking lobster tail or steak or, oh, you know, what old a plated weird, chicken I nuggets. Just, so she's like, yeah, you're going to be one of my bad dates. Yeah, she was just like, ah, eh, you know, like she had this idea from watching television, right? That like because on television people talk like that to each other, and even if they're like, it's kind of acceptable. But also, right? you're not supposed to know that it's a bad date. You're not supposed to go. I'm gonna. You're supposed to go out with someone. Go. All right, that. All right, maybe right. not. That's not gonna happen. Right. But not like I'm gonna specifically go out with someone who I know is a bad date, so I could say like they did on Sex in the City. Yeah, that I went out on one of my bad dates. Dude, it's fucking crazy. That's yeah, that's nuts. I've talked to a few women in the arts. <laughs> yeah, like because it's like when you're when you're in the show business, you know a lot of attractive women who are struggling to make it. And they will tell you, they'll straight up tell you, like, yeah, you know, when I first arrived in New York City, once a week I would go on, you know, whatever, a, a nerve or whatever kind of date, like, just to get the free dinner. Like, I knew I, I didn't want to date the guy, but I just needed, like, I needed a free dinner. And then you'd be like, well, isn't that kind of unethical? I'd be like, no, no, they got what they wanted. They got a date. It's like, yeah, but that's not what they wanted. They want, like, to meet somebody and have some kind of relationship with them. Like, See, I, as much as... I like free food. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, there, I don't think there's anyone for any food. I would sit with someone I didn't want to sit with just for the free food. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But then again, I'm not. I'm not in the arts. No, <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're in show business. I am with a capital B, 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 B. Sometimes I sometimes I wonder. Like I, I feel very removed from the business part of the show business. Do you have like, uh, like managers and agents? Or no, no managers. Have you no ever agents. had that? I've worked with men. You know what? Like, 
without really going into any kind of specific yeah, I career in my career detail. Yeah. I've worked with people who, uh, you know, fucking, uh, they're very excited to work with you because you've got something going. And then the thing you've got going goes away, and you're looking for more work, and then you don't hear from them for six right. months. Because that's too much work for them to keep. Right. And they then, want it handed to them. Some of them do. And then and then the next time you hear from them is when you have to fire them by email because you can't get them on the phone. Yeah, or you can not even fire them unless you... You know, it was... It, it was well, unless you want the satisfaction of going, hey, you're fired. Well, I was... You know what it was? I, I had a situation where I came close to a writing gig. I flew out to L.A. to interview for it. Uh, and it just fell through. And then I didn't hear from this person for a while. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try... Uh, and this leads into our next topic, I bet. I'm just like, you know what? I, I just want to... I had this itch to tour Europe anyway. Because mm-hmm. I was like... Yeah, I was just like, why am I focusing on writing when I'm not really that good as a stand-up? I want to get better as a stand-up. And it was, right. It's hard for me to get work in the U.S. So the day I flew out for my first like European tour was the day the writer's strike started. And I was like, well, maybe that's a sign that, you know, like... Yeah. Writing is not... Maybe maybe it's a sign that I'm doing the right thing by, like, just focusing on the stand-up for a while. Yeah, that was, what, like, five years ago? Seven. You booked an entire... Uh, I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, it's so You booked f- an entire European tour, right? It's funny, like, I did it, uh, you know, the upside is I performed a lot and I made a lot of contacts. You know, the downside is the standard of living can be pretty shitty because yeah. you stay in a lot of hostels. But huh. essentially, I was like, I was, the first time around, I was at home just feeling sorry for myself, which is something I used to do a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd gone to Europe when I was younger and wish my parents had money to send me or I wish I'd had the guts to backpack or I went to college and you know whatever fucking thing and I was like well I got a thing that people pay for out there you know like let me just see if I can get booked out there so I just googled like every comedy club and show that charged a cover in every country that I wanted to visit and I probably sent out 80 to 100 emails to bookers and out of those 80 to 100 emails I got like five weeks of work and then wow. I took a week. How many people rode you back out of 80, let's say? Out of 80? I mean, I would say probably 30 to 40. That's that's pretty high. It that's was good shocking. hit ratio. And, you know, like a good number of those were like, uh, sorry, the gig is closed or, you know, right. like, sorry, we have this booking policy, you know, especially in, in London. Yeah. You know, like it's a really hard town to get to kind of. Yeah, that would be like, that'd be like New York or something. Yeah, Where exactly. they're like, we don't need another comic, but. But that, like now, now it's saturated. But it's crazy. Like you know, I did perform in London, and I performed at uh, John Gluer's Comedy Club in yeah, Camden, that's a, which that's is a, a famous place. It's a famously tough club. Yeah, it's like a four hundred seat club. Which did, one? That, that that's like a chain. That's like their funny bone chain. Yeah, that's their funny bone chain. And the thing is, if you get in, then you get paying work at twenty two clubs around the country. And they'll, you know, give you a work permit to do that. And, like, you just have three months of work. Like, uh-huh. you make a decent amount of money. So I did two audition nights. And the first night went okay. And I got, like, really cocky. And the second night, I was like, well, you know, I'll do some longer stuff and some storytelling stuff. And they do not like that there. I mean, you've performed there. You know, they like joke, 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 joke. Well, that's some of those people. I guess more the Edinburgh-type style. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty long right. 
you know, verbose type. Uh, not, maybe verbose isn't the right word, but yeah. But longer stories. But but at this comedy right club, at that club, yeah, at a comedy were, club like that, a chain comedy club. I will never. For, I mean, I'll remember these details for the rest of my life. But like, there were eight bachelor and bachelorette parties. Oh yeah. And I got booed off stage in four minutes. <laughs> Was like <laughs> eight bachelor. Yeah, eight bachelor bachelor parties. How could that possibly go well? The, and you know what it was? It is totally my fault because the management came backstage to tell us, like, just so you know, there's eight stag and hen parties seated throughout the audience. And there were these two big black dudes who were going on after me who played musical instruments. And I got off stage and one of them just goes, uh, no pussy for you tonight, mate. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. No pussy for me tonight. <laughs> Usually... Usually an audition set here at Junglers gets you some pussy. <laughs> Not tonight for you, mate. Trust me. I did make out with a girl after my first night. Like it did went, you really? It went well Holy enough. Shit. So what countries did you go to? Uh, I, I, did, I did London. Um, I did some good shows in London, too, but that's the one that I'll always remember. Yeah. I also auditioned at the world-famous comedy store there, uh -huh. which I just didn't do very well. Like, right. So it was... It, I can't. I'm not going to make excuses. I just didn't do well. I had, yeah, I had like it a happens. Nice, it, it happens. It just you hope it doesn't happen when you're auditioning. Right. Uh, I, I did Germany and Berlin. Um, wow. I want to go to. I've never been to Berlin. Where did you perform in Berlin? They have uh, they have two comedy clubs in Berlin. One is kind of like the more traditional English style comedy club, and I forget what it's called. I've never performed there. Like, the next time I go, I'm setting up an audition night there. Because mm -hmm. it's where you make money, like, more. And the other one's called the Cuckoo Burra Comedy Club. No, I like the sound of that one. It is, it is like, more of a German style. Like, Germans Germans like the wacky music and physical yeah. and, you know, like, costumes and all that all that stuff. So, like, they, they, do, they do have more of a cabaret-style stand-up comedy club. Um, and there's a woman there named Kim Eustace... Who runs a monthly, or maybe it's bi-monthly, or like you know, twice a month now, comedy night called English Language Comedy Night, and the you know the club owners will put put you up in their apartment upstairs, and you know, like you get paid and really, yeah, I mean, essentially it's a paid vacation. You know, it's like I I, I work it out now so that I I make money on these tours. Well, something like that where you book yourself. It's I mean, if you break even, you're right. You've won. Right, exactly. And so now I have friends there who let me crash with them for a couple nights. So you went to Germany, London. Uh, I mean, Sweden. five weeks is a long time. Sweden. Sweden was great. There's a, like yeah. Malmo. Yeah, I've done shows in Malmo. I had a fun show in Malmo. Malmo's great. Uh, what do you call it? Stockholm's great. Yeah. I performed in Stockholm. The money's there. Money there's good, too. And like, you can get a cheap hotel there. So, in fact, the first night. The first time I ever went to Malma, I stayed in a hostel because I just didn't know better. And then I wandered into a hotel to get directions, and they had the rates posted on the wall. And I was like, holy shit, I could get a room for the same amount of money. I'm sharing a room with six other guys. should have cashed out it. You should have just eaten the hostel fee and jumped well, into that room. That was my first tour when I was like yeah. living hand-to-mouth a lot of the time. Yeah, I it's easy for me to say. Just Hey, you should have just gotten <laughs> paid double that night and just moved out of the thing you're already going to just spend... Listen, my parents should only pay for so much on these tours. So you did okay. Yeah. You did Sweden, Sweden. I did Ireland. Uh, okay, Aiden's gig. Oh the yeah, the international. That's a fun one. That is a great. I love that. It, that's a little room. It's a little room in uh, Dublin that 
they don't even use a microphone. It's so small. It's it's one of those things like the Irish are so tradition bound. Like it's something they got from the English. The, so, the no microphone thing, or well, no, just the in general. Like yeah, once they do something, that's the way they always do it. Mm-hmm. So like with the international, that was this that it's it's a an event room above a bar. The bar is called the International Bar, and it, it seats sixty people, and they'll cram a hundred people in there on a good night. And essentially, it's it's the home of the first comedy club. Well, what they call it, in Europe, they call it a comedy club if it's one night a week, uh, as long as it's regular. Mm-hmm. So it's called the Comedy Cellar because oh really yeah yeah because so, it's above it's above it's in the attic like so they call it the Comedy Cellar. Did they did they go away? Should we name it after the New York Comedy Club or the Bloomington, Indiana Comedy Club? <laughs> I think it was first. I know, and of course, it's not like someone else couldn't think of. <laughs> but I think this is a seller. But this 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 was like in the mid '80s before yeah. they had like Aiden was Aiden Bishop who runs it uh, was was telling us he he was also on at this show. Yeah, and essentially like so, it's a bunch of guys who are now well known like Tommy Tiernan and. Uh, uh, what's his name from Father Ted? Yeah, I remember when I went over to uh, Kilkenny, Ireland, I would be talking to some comic who I didn't know, and, and hey, I was going with him. And then they would introduce him, and there would be like this unbelievable ovation. And right. I realized, oh, this guy's a famous guy. Right. <laughs> I don't even know who this is, and this guy's huge here. Yeah, like someone like Tommy Tiernan will come here and do a half hour for Comedy Central. Right. And then they'll go over to like London and, and do be a, selling out that like, fifty thousand. He's funny seat. that guy, Tommy. He's Tiernan. super funny. He's yeah, he's he's a good performer too. His cousin Eleanor is really funny too. Eleanor Tiernan. Really? Yeah, I mean she's I've never heard of her. Maybe I have. She's a little more low key. Low key? I don't like low key comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to Europe. Did you were there any like disasters? Like were there any like some guy you show up and the, the place is locked or no, I mean, you know, the, you have to book months in advance. Like, any place in the UK, you have to book six months in advance. Like, mm-hmm. the the most short short notice you can give is Ireland, which is like three months in advance. So there's a lot of confirmation. So, yeah. How many shows in five weeks? Uh, I did a show every, every night, uh, except uh, for maybe one or two, so maybe... 25, maybe 25 to 27. Wow. And then you said you took another week. You started to tell me something. Yeah, I went to Paris. Oh. Did you do... There's a club there where you can do comedy. I I actually didn't get any responses. It may be a different club. So I went and checked it out. Like, just a yeah. night to check it out. And it was shuttered. Oh. Well, that's that was the shuttered club I was asking about earlier. <laughs> you did have one already. Well, I wasn't booked for it. It was right. just like... I was just like, well, well, let me go introduce myself in case I ever want to come through... Actually, Paris was a complete disaster only because I basically had this idea that you can just land in Europe and find a place to stay. Yeah. And that's kind of because I watch movies. Right. And then you actually get to, like, Dublin or Paris. That's a good way to spend $600 a night on a (laughs) a hotel room. So the night before I flew out, this guy, Bert Paseas, this was on MySpace, this is how long ago this was. Was like, yeah, I have a friend who lives out in Paris, and you know, she might let you crash in her place. And she let me crash in her place the first night. She's like a nanny uh, in in Paris, and she shares a one room apartment with another person. And her roommate was out of town, so it was okay. And they have like a loft bed situation, and then they have this shower that's basically a a, a stall around, a little smaller than a phone booth, uh, and. 
So the first night I landed and very long story short, they wouldn't change my money at the airport where I landed and they almost wouldn't give me like a bus ticket in town, which would have meant I would have been stuck in the airport till the next morning because they, huh. wouldn't, they wouldn't take my pounds at the bus kiosk. Oh, wow. Even though for the Scottish and the English and everyone else, they would take euros or they would take pounds instead of euros. It was a whole fucking... Eventually, the Scottish the Scottish couple behind me was so mad that they bought me a bus ticket. They were mad that they had to wait, or no? They were mad that on like, your behalf that I was basically getting the American treatment. Yeah, in Bouvet. Basically, if you fly a cheap jet in and out of Paris, you're actually flying you're flying into Bouvet, France, which is a four hour bus trip outside of Paris. Oh. So, like, that's something you should find out ahead of time, right? Well, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. But I just forgot to get my money changed in Glasgow, which is where I was flying out of. Uh, anyway, uh, boring story short, I had no money until the next morning. And this poor woman basically had to, like, babysit me in her tiny apartment and, like, just talk to me all night. And she just wasn't feeling it. Wow. She was a very nice lady with alopecia. How old was she? She was in her 20s. I was in my 20s, too, I think. I'm 29, so... Uh, I, was, yeah. what, I know you're 29. <laughs> I won't ask you how old you really are. You almost told me now. What about U.S. touring? Uh, not doing a ton of that, you know? Um, I just... I don't know. I don't... I don't have whatever it takes to get club owners to return your emails. Do you have a good clip? I have a good clip. I did a Showtime special with Caroline Ray. Oh, that's right. So I have that on YouTube, like just the whole, you know, like you know, nine minute set. Uh, people, people are allergic to paying me money to do stand up. Seriously, <laughs> I'm serious. Like the Caroline Ray thing came about just because we did Ray Devito's show in the East Village, you know, at, at the old Bowery Poetry Club, and uh-huh. she saw me there and she like liked my act, and they basically told her, yeah, just they were like book four four comics you want. And we're not going to pay for their flights out to San Bernardino, and we're going to give them two weeks' notice. <laughs> so, oh, I get, so it was an expensive flight. Yeah, so I got paid like a grand to do this show, uh-huh. and I paid six hundred fifty bucks for the flight in and out <laughs> to San Bernardino, California, the meth capital of California. Is that what it is? It kind of is, yeah. But the set went well. The set went really well. Like the set, it was a, it was a ton of fun. I think you should put together a tour in the States like you did. Or is it e- was it easier in Europe? It was easier in Europe, I think, because you're the guy from New York. Yeah, I think there is. there could be that allure of like, ooh, right. this will be interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing, I, tr- I travel cheaply enough, you know, I'm certainly alone, so, you know, no one, you know, I, I, it's easy for me to just move from, from like, uh, you know, city to city on trains and planes. I yeah. like it. I mean, you know. Kind of my kind of my dream, honestly, is to like hook up a six month tour of Europe, uh-huh. just live out of a suitcase, and then fly straight back to L.A. into the arms of a cushy job. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna time all both those things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's probably not going to happen that way, but it could. It's my dream, you know. It's like, especially now that you've done one tour, you know what mistakes you made. I've done six. You've done six tours? Yeah, I six mean... Six European tours? I mean, they, they get shorter and shorter because I do less unpaid gigs. Like, I do a lot of less... Like, When's the last time you went? Two years ago. Oh, really? I and didn't even know that. I really want to, like, go back... Well, that was only a two-week thing where I flew in. I did, you know, four nights at uh, the International 
you know, and then I did uh, Swedish shows. I did Germany, and then I went to Rome. So, like, I was there for two and a half weeks, and a week of that was just in Rome, like, hanging out and seeing the sights. Yeah, Rome's pretty... I've only been there for a couple of nights. It was pretty, uh... It's pretty intense. Rome's awesome. Yeah, I stayed in, breathtaking. I stayed in this amazing <coughs> old hotel across the street from the Vatican. So it was, in, <laughs> it was very safe. Yeah. You know, just like... There's something really cool about just walking home through Vatican Square to your hotel every night. Very peaceful. You should move there. No. Do you, uh... You have an album out, right? I have an album called Comedian. You can uh, check it out at buyliamsalbum.com. Wow. Did I send you Did I send you the download link? You may have. Okay. Well, I'll send it to you again. No, I think you did. I, okay. I, may, I might not have downloaded it. That's, that's totally well, acceptable. I'm having you on my podcast. That's t- <laughs> I'm not here to hassle you. Tonight. I know that. So it would just so change you have, your life. That's you have all. a separate website for your... Uh, well, I mean, you know, as, as one of the kids, I have a WordPress with a URL pointing to my WordPress. Oh, so you you can get a bunch of different URLs. I did that recently with, I did Todd Barry Podcast, and I just, uh, what is it, forwarded? Yeah. To the Feral Audio page that they set up. It was fun. Well, that's, yeah, it's like. It took like five minutes. It takes five minutes. If you go to tyfpodcast.com, it points to my podcast. Which so is, this all goes to your blog, though. No, no, it's all different. So, like, the podcast is hosted on a Tumblr. Okay. And, you know, it's just, like, whenever I update the podcast, I update So you out- sell the album on the site? The album, I mean, it, that that just has links pointing to, like, Amazon and iTunes okay. and a special thing records. Has it sold pretty well? You know, it's funny. I mean, like, it never made the Billboard charts. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, you know, which a I A lot mean, of people haven't made the Billboard charts, including me. That, really? I don't think I made the Billboard charts. I'm not... You'd be, I mean, I, I don't know. Justin Timberlake. No, I mean not the not the, the hot hundreds, but the comedy chart. Like, do you they know, even like, have a comedy chart? Yeah, really. You should really check I it out. Like, I should. I would check it out every week just in case nobody like the the label Maybe forgot I did to tell check. me. Maybe I did check. But it's like you know, Kurt Brownell had his album on there for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, but it premiered on the on the iTunes and Amazon charts, and it'll still like. I'll I'll check it, and every once in a while it'll be on the Amazon or iTunes top 100 comedy, and I'll never know why. Like, there's no... Well, you're being played on um, Sirius, right? The album's not being played on Sirius. It's the craziest thing. I sent them random MP3 clips a few years ago, and those they play on Sirius in regular rotation. And then I I sent them the album clips and nothing... And then I sent them uh, the MP3s from from the Tell Your Friends concert film soundtrack, and that they play it. That that they've started to play in the rotation. What do you um? Where'd you record this album? Uh, Union Hall. Union Hall in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Big crowd. Yeah, I've sold out two nights. That's good. You know, I mean, I rarely. That's a good. I would record an album. I almost recorded an album there. You you did one in Boston. I did one in Boston. That was a good sounding album. Oh, thank you. That was in um, Aerosmith studio. No, I just made that up. <laughs> I just made that up. No, it was at the comedy club in Cambridge. Yeah, the comedy studio. The comedy, the comedy, the comedy. I'm sorry. You had a movie out. Tell your friends. Tell your the friends. Concert, concert film. How did uh, that done at the festivals? That was cool, right? It, it had its world premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival. How did that go? I mean, the premiere was great. We premiered oh. at like the second biggest venue, you know, like it was a 750 seater. Right. We didn't fill, you know, fill it, but I can say that we did it. Yeah. I mean, we got a really good crowd there. 
And also, know. there's a million things they can do at one time there. I mean, if you get 500, it's so funny. If you 500 put, is great. If you put 500 into a 750-seat theater, you'll sit there and be like, oh, this feels empty. And then you'll be like, oh, well, that's because there's 250 yeah. seats that are empty all around the theater, which is like nothing you can do. But it went really well, and it did the festival circuit. And just nobody, nobody picked it up to buy it. Like it was the damnedest thing. It really Can you sell it to Netflix. Well, here's the thing: it's it's available on online. Like it's available, it streams on Hulu. So for free, for free. Oh, because uh, essentially, there's there was this one year when it was a really terrible idea to release a self-produced comedy special. Right. Because it was like the year before Comedy Central had stopped acquiring outside produce specials they just were like we're just gonna we're gonna produce our own specials from now on like no 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 acquisition specials uh and then it was basically the year before netflix and hulu and amazon started just acquiring original content to to air exclusively and in that year between those two points was when tell your friends kind of came came out so it's on dvd it's streaming for free on hulu you can buy it on itunes and you know like people do but just like you know like it's one of those things where you hope it becomes a thing right it'd be and nice to send that sell it to netflix though. it would be really nice to sell it to get netflix. it off hulu who put it on hulu uh i work with a really good film distribution company and <laughs> no i mean you know at the at the yeah. at that point there was no amazon or, or hulu right. like you know studios so they weren't they weren't acquiring content uh and I think this company has just kind of washed their hands of it at this point. Right. Because they sent back the master tapes. Oh, wow. So, I, in fact, I have to check. My contract with them might even expire pretty soon. So, Hello, Netflix, baby. Well, I want to. I'm looking. I'm actually looking right now for, for like, a, a film rep. Like yeah, a, like I don't know a, how you get something on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a film rep. So it's like, I would also like to sell it overseas because it stars like Reggie Watts and Kristen Schaal and Kurt Brownell or like people See, are just if one of those people. Well, I mean, those are all pretty prominent people. Yeah, and they just keep getting more famous. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I, I the movie's great. I'm really really proud of how it came out, and the people who watch it love it. You know, and it did. Like I said, it did a lot of festivals, did a lot of comedy festivals, uh, none of which will book me as a comedian now. Really? Yes. It's it was the damnedest thing. It was like, uh, and this is why nobody ever books me for anything because I just talk honestly about <laughs> the shit in the microphones. But I, I did com it did big comedy festivals. It, it, it played at big comedy festivals, and then I'd be like, "Hey, well, you know, I'm flying myself out to your festival and putting myself up. I'll be there. So anyway, I can maybe do a couple spots, and then just be like, no response." Like, I, like no they're all swamped. They're answering six hundred emails an hour. Well, no, I mean, getting, yeah, absolutely. And there's like. Like for every person like me that that reaches out to them, there's like a manager with ten clients who right. will also reach out and be like, "Hey, if you want Sinbad yeah. headlining this you show, you have to get Todd Barry also. You have to get well. If you want Todd Barry headlining this show, then you have to put Sinbad um, in. Sinbad, Sinbad. I just switched that around. <laughs> Joking around, Sinbad. Uh, did you um? You ever meet Sinbad? No, I heard he's very nice. Everyone who says they've met Sinbad said he's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, he's like the nicest... Have you met him? No, but I mean, I've heard the same stories. <laughs> that's that's a nice reputation to have, right? Well, it's being be, a great guy. Would, yeah, I mean, he, you know, because he's family friendly, he just works all the time. Yeah. 
Do you open for Prince? I saw him at Madison Square Garden opening for fucking Prince. Really? It was it was Sinbad hosting, Morris Day in the time, like doing the opening forty five minutes, yeah. and then Prince for two hours. It was the craziest show. Why would they have a comedian on that show? Just a host, because Prince likes Sinbad. And oh really? Like Sinbad's cool to hang out with in the green room. Like you can have Sinbad. You know he won't offend any of your audience because multiple generations go see Prince. Right. Like, like I was there. It's like everyone from old ladies to you I'd know, love like to see Prince, man. Teenagers, dude. Prince is so good. I was, was in like the, the best, right? Performer. I was, I was in the back row, literally the back row of the garden, which is like a hundred rows back, and it was just um, like he fucking rocked us all so hard that we had to sit down during the encore. The entire... Yeah, he doesn't fuck around, man. The, after two hours, all of MSG during Purple Rain had to sit down, and Prince is still on stage just, like, you know, shredding his guitar. It was crazy. Yeah, I'd like to see him. Prince, if you're listening, <laughs> hook a guy up. <laughs> I'll pay for the tickets. Just get me some nice, uh, you know, house seats, as they say on Broadway. I had to snag a pre-sale code. Like, I couldn't just buy tickets really? through Ticketmaster. Like, I didn't even know about buying concert tickets. Like, when I lived in Florida, I would be like, find out who was coming down there, and you like, buy tickets eight months in advance. Right. Now it's like you find out people were performing across the street or something. It's, it's absolute, especially like, you know, I know Todd doesn't want me to say this, but he lives across from the Barclays Center. <laughs> I live above the Barclays Center. So you literally could just walk across yeah. the street and see Kanye West and Jay-Z. Um... Let's talk a little bit about the Tell Your Friends original show at Lolita Bar. Uh, the, <laughs> Tell Your Friends. Was that, it was called Tell Your Friends. It was called Tell Your Friends. I like to say that some of the best comedians in the world hated performing in that space. Do you think so? I mean, I was thinking about it today, and I was like, I wasn't sure whether I should bring it up. But it was not. It was in a room that looked like it would be an easy room, but wasn't always an easy room. It was like a real small room. How would it's like thirty people? It, it, I got, I would jam like ninety in there. Really? Time. Well, if like Fred Armisen was there or something like that. Yeah. You know, like uh, or you know, like there was a night when I think you and John Oliver were on the same show. Yeah. It was just like a hundred people walked down those stairs. Yeah, it was in this. It's tiny room downstairs. It's almost like it's almost like a little like a lounge area of a bar, like, right? Like where you would go. Except it was like a VIP area almost. It was a finished basement. Yeah. Essentially, is what it was. But, yeah, the crowds were like, sometimes they weren't easy. Like, they weren't mean. They were just like, you'd say something, you're like, did you just hear what I said? It was fucking hilarious. I, uh, I, it was a workout room, and I cultivated an audience of, I, I really did, like, of smart people. Hey, I just said they weren't laughing. No. No, I mean, well, you would kill their No, I did, I did well there for the most part, but. A lot of, like, really smart comedians would go and, you know, like, try material. And it was like. It was really useful for me because, like, eight years ago, I just, you know, like, I, I when I was booking the college, uh, the, com- the the European tour, uh-huh. I just knew I wasn't, like, a good comedian. Like, I was the kind of guy who could do well in a New York room uh, because audiences are very forgiving a lot of the time. But if I left New York, you know, just, like, I just had to learn how to be a better comic. Right. And part of that was just generating a whole different set of material that was good and not, like, lazy. Because uh, I would sit down. Like, I used to not write. I used to just walk around and hope that ideas hit me. I still do that. Uh, well, I mean, you if you can do that, God bless you. I mean, I do a little of both, but... I can't do, I can't do it. I can't make it happen. Although I did, I have to say, 
I read a Louis C.K. interview once. Really? Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> God, I love your relationship with Louis C.K., especially online. I'm glad you love it. <laughs> does, he, does he get mad? Like, no, no Todd, I mean, his whole thing's insulting people. I mean, yeah, like Todd I mean, Louis C.K. all the time. You know, it's not like just me. On message boards before, like before he was famous, like you, you would just talk shit about his mom, and you'd go back and forth on those message boards all the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, those are the yeah, we did. <laughs> but uh, where was it going? Oh, you, you read an interview with. Oh, him. I read an interview with him where he was just like, yeah, just go on stage and, and yeah. write material. And I think I, he does. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Was so I read that and I was like, that is such bullshit because you know his material's too good to just like fucking stand on stage and bullshit. And so I did that at Tell Your Friends for like three months. I just worked the same, which is a really good way to lose regulars. Mm -hmm. I just worked the same bit over and over again. But it, it actually was like, yeah, I mean, that actually Well, that's worked. the problem because I, I, I mean, I remember that also where I would show up and you're like, hi, 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 <laughs> hi. Hi, Mary. Yes. Hi, Malika. You're here every week. You're very nice. <laughs> you're here every week. And I, even if you're nice, you want to hear new shit. <laughs> hi. That Should was, we, uh, what were you going to say? That was the problem. With, that was one of the, the other problems is physically uncomfortable. And, you know, like there's a point where comics would just, I think, be like, I don't really enjoy physically being in that space. <laughs> um, I know it must have been a pain in the ass to book a show. I hate, I hate this, this show at Housing Works is perfect because it's like quasi monthly. Like it's going to happen once every month, but not even regular, like, it's just a Tuesday I can grab on their schedule. You've booked a lot of benefits, too. That's good. I used to. I decided to step back from booking benefits. Why is that? Because I need to focus on... You don't care on... anymore. No, I do care. And, in fact, I almost did one last year. Uh, but, you know, I just really... I did a lot. I, I, I would do them because I accrued a lot of horrible karma in my life. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm a, I am a, like a believer in karma. Uh-huh. And I really did accrue a lot of like horrible karma in my life, and part of that was just putting on benefits, you know. And you know, it's funny like my career started picking up after I did my first one. Like, well, I think I mean I've organized some benefits, and the thing is, it's pretty easy to get people, like because everyone wants you know if there's some disaster, well, if there's an earthquake or something, it's the least you can do is go do a 15 minute set somewhere. There's a disaster. It's really easy. But if you're like, well, this <laughs> this 16 year old girl is dying of leukemia and yeah, you know, she can't pay her medical bills. Yeah, it, it, it can be hard to get on people's schedules. Right. Um, especially if there's a disaster around that time and everyone's like doing like you know the Sandy disasters. Yeah. But it, at the end of the day, I really need to focus on making money. Like, and I hate to. I, I really hope I don't sound mercenary, but I put on probably 10 really good benefits in the last decade. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm sure if there was like some horrible earthquake in Indonesia where people were suddenly without potable drinking water, I would throw something together. Good but, use of potable. I like that. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a college no, but uh, the last one I did was the two night J Japan benefit. Yeah, at I did the Bell one of those House. nights, right? Yeah, that and was great if I remember correctly. It was we long too. We raised like twenty five grand. Yeah, I forget which night you were on, but like the great night, the, the night, the great night. <laughs> But like one night, like you know, like Zach Galifianakis and Rara Wright, and then another night you and uh, I forget who else. But yeah, like th those were great. But they're like really exhausting and time consuming, and I I I I just need to focus on on you know getting my shit together. I get it. Before we go, do you want to tell that other J date story, or do you want to uh, just say goodbye? 
<laughs> I'm gonna give you. I've never given an option to anyone like this. Uh, I I I would rather say it's really it's good talking to you, Tom. All right, you know we'll like, say goodbye then. I like doing podcasts because you rarely get to hang out and talk with I comedians. Know, this is the longest conversation we've ever had. It is literally except when I did your podcast. What's your? You still do yours? I do it. Yeah. So tell your friends podcast. So tell your friends podcast. like the branding. It's a. But yeah, like this fifth. Yeah. Anyway, where can people find you? Where can people find me? They can find me at tyfpodcast.com, byliamsalbum.com. I am constructing a website, but it's not up yet. Uh, and they can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Radio Liam. What's your Liam. Twitter uh, handle? Radio hey, Liam? Hey, it's Liam. Hey, it's Liam. Uh-huh. I have two different handles for two different for radio, for uh, Twitter and, and Instagram. Okay. That's probably not a good idea. It's a terrible idea, and I wish we had more time because it's all about me being spiteful and petty. Really? Essentially, there's a British kid who's built up a YouTube following under the name Hey It's Liam. Uh-huh. And he's got everything Hey It's Liam except for Twitter. And I'm really mad at him. He's like this probably 18-year-old kid now in in, in, <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. And it would be the easiest thing in the world because nobody follows. Like, I have 2,000 followers on Twitter. It would be the easiest thing in the world for me to just let that go. Yeah, what did he do wrong? I'm missing. What Absolutely is- nothing. The only <laughs> thing he did wrong was like... Thought of a thing with his real name, which is Liam? Yeah, well, like basically had the same idea I did. He also made a grab for Hey It's Liam, and like for a long time I would, he did like Hey It's Liam underscore, uh, and so I'd get a lot of at tweets for him. So you wanted Hey It's Liam? Yeah, I want, even though, again, it would be the easiest thing in the world for me to, well, if I do it, I better do it now before all your listeners yeah. have the same hilarious idea to grab at Radio Liam on Twitter. You should grab that. Yeah. This won't be up for a few days. Grab it. Grab it when you get home. All right, Liam. Liam McEnany, everyone. Todd Berry, thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks. That was fun. Theme music out. Theme music out. All righty. That was Liam McEnany. That was a fun talk. Coming up soon, hopefully within the next few days, I will announce when my special Todd Berry The Crowdwork Tour is coming out. I did a seven-city tour where I didn't do any of my amazing jokes. Just winged it. Seven-city winging it tour. And uh, we filmed the whole thing. Lance Bangs directed it. He's done a lot of specials. I think he's done every comedy special directing job in the past, uh, I'm going to say, four years. It's going to be on Louis C.K.'s uh, website because he paid for it. Also, I will be at Foxwoods this weekend, if you're listening to this very soon, the 28th, 27th, 28th, and March 1st. And then uh, where I'm going to be? Oh, the Gilda's Festival in Grand Rapids, Michigan, March 7th and 8th. Then at South by Southwest, the 9th, 10th, and 11th. That's in Austin, Texas. And I will be announcing another tour soon. Thank you. Hope to hear from you. Did I just say hope to hear from you? I don't want to hear from you. Hope that you hear this podcast again. That was very smooth. I'm not going to redo it. Thanks.
This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.